You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Lowe Show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and I'm going to try this again. I have my toddler in the background making all kinds of noise, so we'll see if I can get through this intro in one take. (laughs) I hope you guys are doing well and you are enjoying your 2021 so far. Hopefully it's better than last year and that you have learned how to deal with some ups and downs. And (laughs) That's Zion holding a remote, pretending it's a phone. Who's that? (laughs) He copies us now. We'll hold, he'll hold the phone, say hello, and then he'll go, hi. Wow. <laughs> Hope you guys can hear that. Okay, back to the intro. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. This episode was just full of so much good stuff, and it was a very meaty episode, so I don't want to spend too much time talking. But I wanted to give some love to our show sponsor, Paleo Valley. I am so excited to be working with Paleo Valley. They're a company that's local to San Diego that I've been working with for years now. I've been carrying their beef and their turkey sticks, but as soon as they started rolling out with some new products, I was excited to learn more about what they were releasing. Their organic superfood, super greens, is my favorite green strength that's out there. I've kind of throughout the years gotten different favorites as they've come out, and this one has definitely been my favorite of all of them. And the reason why is because for a few reasons. Number one is they are organic and non-GMO, so there's no pesticides, no herbicides that are included in this product. There are no cereal grasses, so some people are sensitive to things like wheatgrass, barley grass, so it doesn't have that. It's also very gut-friendly, so it has enzymes included. It helps you to digest and break down the greens and also has a prebiotic in it. So it helps to feed the good bacteria. So check out some of these ingredients that are included in the superfoods. There are 23 organic superfoods, so I won't name them all, but there's organic kale, broccoli, spirulina, spinach, kale sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, collard greens, parsley, broccoli sprouts, and a lot more other ingredients that I won't go into all of them. So it's just loaded with so many nutrients. The other thing I wanted to mention is that I did a little bit of research and I was really blown away at the amount of fiber that's in this product. So one tablespoon of the Paleo Valley Super Greens has six grams of fiber in it. So just to put that into perspective, that's eight and a half prunes in one serving of this greens powder. So it's a great way to get your fiber up and it's a nice thing for kids. So I throw this in Zion's smoothie and he doesn't even taste it. He doesn't even know he's getting greens and I'm sneaking it in there because he used to be all about the vegetables and for some reason he's just anti-vegetables now. So I'm sneaking it in there and yeah, I'm a big, big fan. I love that you can get on auto ship too. So you don't have to think about reordering. And if you want to get your Paleo Valley Super Greens, you head over to paleovalley.com. And then for my listeners only, you can get a discount if you enter Dr. Lowe, D-R-L-O, and you will get 15% off. And then they have all kinds of other products you can check out there, including the turkey and the beef sticks. All right, guys, let's jump into the show and talk all about getting your place 
properly tested for mold. Don't be fooled. We got you covered. All right, enjoy. Hey guys, I am so excited for this episode. I have been uh, trying to track down this guest for a while. <laughs> Actually, he's really busy. I'm really busy. So coordinating schedules always gets kind of creative, but we made it work. And I'm glad it isn't until now, actually, because I've had some recent adventures in the mold world. I say adventures because I try to have a positive attitude, <laughs> but it, uh, it's pretty wild. That's why I'm really excited to have my guest on because he has helped me so much in this area. And I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have him to help me. I think I probably would have been feeling a lot worse and I probably would have been in the same place that I was in. So we will uh, get more into those details. But joining me, we have Mark on the show, Mark the Mold Guy, Mark Levy. And um, is it Levy or Levy? I never asked. Uh, you could actually, it's Levy. It's okay, Levy. Levy. I always say, I always just say Mark the Mold Guy. So. Um, <laughs> He is the founder of the Mold Guy Inc. Over the last 18 years, he's specialized in working with people who are hypersensitive, have complex health issues, or struggling with multiple environmental illness. And their team, they go to multiple medical conferences a year, they five to seven per year at least. They collaborate with functional medicine doctors and their patients, which is very unique in this industry. And they really help to get really like, you know, as a naturopathic doctor, we look at the body as a whole, right? If someone comes in with a headache, we're going to look and see the cause of the headache. We're not going to just give them Advil or Tylenol or whatever. So we want to see, is it your gut? Is it, are you, do you have a food sensitivity? Do you have lots of different things, right? Well, the whole body is an ecosystem. It's not just your head is its own thing. It's connected to your gut and so on. And your house is really similar and you have a whole ecosystem. So it's just so fascinating to have that type of view as a mold testing company. And so I think we're going to really geek out. I think that's enough. I think you can just jump in and tell a little more about yourself, Mark, and what got you into this. Well, first off, thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to uh, be with you today. I think it's really important to be able to have an opportunity to share knowledge, not only on the, the medical side, but also on the field side, because there's a lot of things that people really aren't aware of that can actually create uh, health issues in, when it comes to their environment. Just to give you a little bit of some background, I've been uh, in this field for going on 18 years. I love, love, love what I do. Uh, we started this business, as I mentioned to you, years ago, and I really actually got into this uh, business through my twin brother. I have an identical twin oh. brother who is on the uh, East Coast, and we do the same uh, business. In actuality, uh, he handles the tri-state area throughout New Jersey, New York, and, and so forth. And I'm here on the West Coast. So we have some really unique coverage when it comes to being able to assist people. But we had spent many years in the uh, telecom field. We reinvented ourselves many years ago. And uh, he was introduced to this field uh, through an associate of his and went out and was just so intrigued by uh, what the entire mold inspection business was all about and uh, started to go ahead and uh, actually do the various certifications. And about four to five months later, he found that he got himself a, a client. I said, wow, Steve, you figured out how to make money in the mold business. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I actually filed suit and uh, we ended up uh, getting into the business. 
And it was really a, a challenge initially because where we came from, we had very high level positions. And now here we are going into a whole new field and having to learn about what uh, this uh, particular industry was all about. And so we were able to really align ourselves with the top people in the field going through various associations. And as the years went on, uh, we started to develop and learn uh, from a grassroots uh, perspective, the business. And then we sat down, my brother and I, one day, and we were talking about how a lot of the clients that we're dealing with were people that had illnesses. I mean, but they weren't like illnesses where people were having headaches or watery eyes or uh, flu-like symptoms. They were people that had deep-rooted uh, type of uh, ailments and to the point where they were being debilitated. So we talked about, wow, we need to get more in depth and really try to understand what's going on with our clients. There was years ago, this uh, workshop for mold and toxicity and what it does to the human body. I believe it was the American Academy of Environmental Medicine that was putting this uh, workshop on. I said, you know what, we should go to this. So Lauren, we flew to Phoenix and got into this workshop. There's about 120 doctors that were sitting there and we were blown away at the information that was actually being presented to us about how mold and its toxins get into the human body through various exposure routes and uh, actually really wreak havoc on the human body. And to the point neurologically, uh, really disrupting the uh, cellular structure within the body and so forth, creating a lot of inflammation. So as we were going through this particular um, workshop, we sat down with the doctors and they said, so where do you guys practice your medicine? We said, well, we're not doctors. And they go, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> and so we went on to talk about how we have environmental companies and we specialize in helping people understand what they're being exposed to within their environments. We do very comprehensive assessments. We actually provide them with data points for mold, species of molds, if there's toxins and even other biotoxins within their environment. And they go, wow, we need you guys. And we said, exactly, that's why we're here. So mm -hmm. in essence, we, we were able to bridge the field with the medical community. And since then, our business has uh, actually really just taken off to a point where Today, when you were introducing me, that we go to about five to seven uh, medical conferences per year. Up until COVID hit, we were doing about five to seven medical conferences. And I will tell you that it's so important to be able to really talk with the medical doctors, talk with the various types of science people within this business, so that you can really get a real good understanding of what your patients happen to be dealing with. And so we throughout the years have gained a real good knowledge base of what people are dealing with in terms of their illness and what it really represents as far as what's going on within their environment. And what we did is that we structured this entire methodology in terms of uh, being able to come up with a inspection process as well as a sampling methodology that really is far more greater and comprehensive than what you would see within our industry. So we're not your typical mold inspection company. Uh, I would tell you that our company, the mold guy, is uh, actually disruptors. And what you we guys mean by are. That, you make people mad, especially other, <laughs> other mold testing companies. And because <laughs> they're just like, dang it, stop doing all these things. We were rocking it. And then you guys came along. 
Well, I, I really appreciate that. You know, it's really important to, to really understand what's going on within your home. And the key thing is, is really to have proper data points to be able to really share with your doctor. And, and so what we did is that we created this whole approach in terms of how you should be looking at a home. And just like you had uh, indicated when you're looking at the body, I mean, the body has so many different areas that you need to take a look at. And this is the same holds true when it comes to a, a home or a building. And so we really begin by trying to find out as much as we possibly can about the history of a building, because it's the history in terms of the various types of events where you have various water events or leaks or things of that nature that uh, occur that people overlook. That's so and interesting. So, it's the same with the body, right? It's like as a naturopathic doctor, we spend a full hour just getting history because it gives so much information. Like I, I have to know what happened when you were two, what happened to you when you were four. Same thing with, with the house. It's cool. Right. That's exactly right. And what's interesting is, is that we're not the first responders. When we come in, we could be coming in years later. Right. In terms of uh, certain events that have occurred. And what's really uh, remarkable is that when we come in and we're talking with people, many times they, they don't even think their home has anything to do with the way that they're feeling. And uh, it's, right. it's one where they're only going through this exercise, maybe because their doctor recommended it to them, or uh, they've heard through other people that their, their home has made them sick. And so they want to see if this is something that is really happening within their own home. And so when we sit down with them, we always tell them, look, you know, we don't know what we're going to find. Uh, we're, we don't realize, uh, you have to realize rather that um, all homes are unique in themselves. And we're going to actually come in and, and what we do are very, very comprehensive assessments. When you have a typical inspection company that may come in and do very cursory or rudimentary type of inspections, uh, we come in and we'll spend hours in someone's home just to identify various areas of issues that are there. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. So let's, um, so I just want to give you guys listening a, just a very, very quick backstory of my experience dealing with molds because I knew very little about this a few years ago. And then fast forward to moving into my home, I would say, yeah, it was five years ago I moved into a home and I actually did have it tested for mold before I moved in, but I'm sure it was one of the kind of run of the mill companies and they did find mold under a guest bathroom sink and they said that they fixed it and that was the end of it. I knew nothing else beyond that, moved in and then slowly but surely and actually not even that slowly, I moved in and got sick. I started getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And within maybe five to eight months after moving in, I tested positive for antibodies for rheumatoid arthritis. And I noticed my memory started to go away. I had severe brain fog. I used to have a photographic memory. And then I had to start writing everything down. I mean, I literally used to be able to read off of a page in my head something. It really helped me get through school, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was going on. And then the worst part was severe body pain. I felt like a 90 year old woman. I mean, I was in pain all the time. It got so bad at one point that when I would go to a massage, I would, and I used to love deep tissue, I would have to tell them to do very light. And I would constantly have to be like, it's too, too much. It hurts so much. And then I'd have to sometimes even stop going to get a massage because it almost made me feel worse sometimes. And, and also major psychiatric issues. I had depression, I had anxiety, I had just so much, so much stuff. And I'm convinced that it's from mold. Now, 
fast forward, I had uh, Mark, his company come in and get it tested. And it was just shocking how sick my house house was. And then I think that my previous clinic location probably had an issue. We were trying to move into a new clinic that was much bigger and just so exciting and beautiful and all this stuff. And then I walked in because my nose has gotten so much, you know, more attuned to this. I'm sure yours is very strong for it. You're probably a bloodhound at this point. <laughs> but I go into, a, I went to, into the place and I said, there's mold here. And the owner said that she had tested it. So we looked at the, the report of what she had tested and it was just so janky. It was just so, so bad. Um, and then I had you come in and start to do the test and she got very uncomfortable with it and didn't want you to be there. And because it's very clear there was an issue. So long story short, I ended up not moving into that space because I did my own little follow-up test and I, you know, found that there was issues there. And so, yeah, that's, that's, I decided not to move forward with that. Thanks to you. I had the lease canceled and it just wasn't meant to be. And then now I'm in a new space or just renting a couple of rooms out of an existing uh, place. And I'm just so, so grateful that I didn't make that mistake. I don't live in my house currently. I've uh, moved out temporarily until I think June and then we're getting it fixed right now. So you guys have come in, you've done the initial testing and then we've had uh uh, remediators come in and start to do the work. You guys came in, uh, I think it was last week or the week before and found that there, it wasn't being done properly. And so that's something we can talk about later. The next step is getting it treated again, the right way, and then retesting again, right? Making sure it's done and then, and then moving in. It's crazy. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sorry to hear that you had to go through uh, what you had dealt with health wise. And, uh, but I will tell you that I hear this over and over again, with many of my clients and, you know, getting, if you wouldn't mind, we can certainly talk about your particular home that you were living in. When I uh, actually got there and did the investigation, there really were clear signs in terms of areas of issues that were there. And, and I think at the end of the day, if people can really focus in on the home in terms of what types of signs or footprints that they can look for, I think that's going to be a very key thing. And, and, and that's what I'm going to try to go over right now if I can. So, yeah. you know, your particular home is an, is an example. You know, we saw that there were quite a bit of issues surrounding the home. The, the building envelope is so critical when it comes to protecting it from any kind of moisture. And so, when you take a look at it, for example, a lack of uh, gutters or downspouts that are being used that are not properly directing uh, water away from the building can be of a major problem. And I saw specifically that there was uh, damage to the stucco in uh, many areas around the ex um, exterior of the home. And so what I'm looking for when I am beginning my inspection is always starting on the outside of a home because uh, what you see on the outside most likely is going to be impacting what could be on the inside. And just and to so, jump in really fast, the reason for sure. that is because I had had the sprinklers, they weren't set up properly. So they were, some of it was going onto the house and then also my irrigation system or, or the, you know, the watering outside, it was being uh, overwatered and it wasn't draining properly. So that's from what I understand. And there were a couple other little things like a water heater that had a leak. And then uh, in my, my master bath, so between the shower and the master bedroom, there was, you know, within the wall, there wasn't like proper caulking done there. But the main exposure from what I understand was from the water damage outside the house, correct? Yeah, so you had actually some uh, issues that 
occurred from water damage because of the items that you just mentioned. But as we got inside the home, there were some other isolated areas that we actually uh, saw as well, uh, i.e. within the bathroom areas, as well as in the kitchen and even in your garage. And then looking at the ventilation system, which is your heating and air conditioning system, which is really important to be able to discuss because when you're dealing with a mold problem and what we found that if you have a mold problem, 100% of the time, the HVAC system is going to be impacted and it's going to be contaminated. Wow. So what happens is, is that it starts off where you may have an isolated issue in an area where you may be familiar with it or you may not, and you think it may be isolated, but keep in mind the mold has the ability to become airborne through um, sporulation, and you're familiar with the spores that become airborne, as well as the fragmentation, and they start to traverse through your home, and as they become airborne, they get uh, actually pulled into the ventilation system. Now, when you think about airflow, airflow carries billions of, of particles, and, and some of those particles are going to be made up of various types of spores and fragmentation and other types of, of uh, particles that are actually traversing and going into your system. And so what happens is it goes through the system, it starts to create layers of dust. And it's the dust that's actually our enemy. The dust harbors the spores, the fragmentation, and these toxins. So what's happening now is that now your home is actually being really contaminated, which is, I would call, a condition too, right? So when you think about it, a home, when it's contaminated with mold, there's actually two types of contamination. There is the physical growth of the mold itself, which is what the colony would be. And then there's the secondary byproducts. It's the spores, it's the fragment, fragmentation and the toxins that are created from that. And it's that type of contamination, which is the spores and the fragmentation and these toxins that become airborne, that is actually a source of contamination and I will tell you is the most critical because that's what people are being exposed to. And I kind of so, think just to tie it into like body health, I kind of think of it like if someone has like a candida infection and they just keep eating sugar on top of it. It's kind of like in your house, if you have, you know, these uh, mold issues and your house is extremely dusty, then it just kind of keeps it around and keeps it alive. Would that be this kind of? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you, you know, these dust build reservoirs throughout the home and it collects over time. And so what happens is, is as, as you do whatever you need to do throughout your living, right, in your home, you start creating disruption and these things become re-aerosolized where it starts to get into your breathing zone and you're starting to get exposed to this. So as we were talking about, it gets into the ventilation system and it starts to build up into that ventilation system. And if you're using your air uh, conditioning system, then it starts to actually have moisture that's building up in there because it's pulling out uh, heat that creates condensation. So these coils and so forth, they actually build up and they release a lot of moisture. And so now all that airflow is going through there, it starts to collect inside the system. And now the system's becoming a source, right? It's a source of where mold is growing and even other types of contaminants like bacteria because of the moisture that's there. So as you're using the system, you're now perpetually 
redistributing these contaminants throughout. So now the entire system's becoming compromised in terms of your home, right? And so it's not just isolated to one area where you thought you had maybe a leak or some water intrusion or what have you. Now your entire home is being impacted. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it is a lot. So, so what we like to do is that we like to look at a home from a holistic perspective. And as I mentioned earlier to you, there's a lot of companies that come in, they do very cursory types of inspections. And then what they'll do is that they'll come in and they'll do air samples. And uh, air samples is just one piece of it. But I will tell you that if you're only looking at air samples and that's all you have in terms of information, then what you're really doing to yourself is really creating a false sense of security. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I would tell people is, is that it's really important to look and use your eyes and look at the conditions of your environment. So many times you may see, for example, that there could be staining or paint peeling or buckling or separation of building material. That is a key indicator that there is a likelihood that there could be mold harboring behind that particular substrate. And so what I will tell you is, is that mold, most of the time, you don't see it. It's very evasive. It's behind walls. It's in cabinetry. It's under carpet. So people are not going to notice it. And, And even if they see something that looks like suspicious, it may not be suspicious to them. I've had many times where I would tell people, you have mold right here. And they go, that's mold. It looks like it's just dust or dirt. I said, no, that's mold. That's the reason why we sample it. So when you see something that is unusual, we always sample it. And many times when you're dealing with a lot of these inspection companies that are out there, they're only doing air samples and they're only basically looking to see what's in the air. The problem with that is, is that it's a snapshot in time. It's typically about a five-minute collection time. Right. So you're really not getting a whole lot of information on that. And that was exactly what was done at the location I was going to move into for my business. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's giving people a false sense of security. The other thing that they do is that they compare it to the outdoors. So now what you're doing is that you're interpreting it in a way where if you're looking at mold spores in, in relation to what you're finding indoors, you may look at it and what people typically do is that they look at your indoor counts to be equal to or less to what they find in the outside and the various mold spores are similar in nature. But what people typically do with these air samples is that they look at the total amount of spores and they say, all right, well, my indoor counts are less than the outdoors, so everything must be fine. And they're not really looking at it from a line item perspective and looking at the various types of molds that are there and seeing which molds are being detected and the percentages of those molds in terms of the total of the mold spores that are actually being uh, detected in its entirety. Mm-hmm. So that's one element of it. But when I say air samples, we use air samples, but we're very much using it from the standpoint of really creating a total picture. And what really differentiates us is not just the fact that we go in and we do all this comprehensive inspection and investigation, but we're looking for key areas of suspect, whether it be the footprints that we talked about, as well as maybe an unusual substance that's there. What we're basically trying to do is isolate where these source areas are, which is the most important thing that you can do, is really where is the mold actually being harbored. 
So we do that through those footprints as I mentioned to you, and we validate that through testing. And the way we validate that is through air samples or surface samples and sometimes bulk samples. And when we use samples of air sampling, we're very targeted. We're very specific in terms of maybe doing wall cavities or doing it inside uh, cabinetry or things of that sort. Now, as I mentioned to you, there's two types of contamination. There's the physical growth of the mold itself, which could be harbored behind the walls, or maybe you see it. And then there's the secondary byproduct of the spores and the fragments that become airborne, and they eventually settle throughout the home, and they settle into these dust reservoirs. We think it's really, really important to understand the full impact of a home based upon that secondary source of contamination, which is the settlement throughout your home. So what we've done is that we actually utilize more progressive sampling methods to help understand what people are being exposed to. Now, you may be familiar with ERMI. I don't know if yeah. uh, I, I would imagine many of your uh, patients use ERMI. ERMI is really what we call MSQPCR. It's mold-specific quantitative polymerase chain reaction. In simple terms, it's DNA. It's the most simplest form for detection and identification of the various molds and species of molds that are there. And it's not just important to know that you have mold. It's actually really important to understand the species because it's the species that determines the opportunistic nature. All molds in themselves are known allergens. Certain molds are actually pathogenic and other molds are toxigenic. They can actually produce a mycotoxin, which I know you're very familiar with. So we can actually utilize the ERMI to help us understand the different types of molds and species of molds that are within the environment. So it gives us a really good historical perspective because we're collecting the dust that's harboring throughout the, the home. The other thing that we test for is the mycotoxins. We can test for 15 different types of mycotoxins. I know that many of the doctors test their, um, their patients by utilizing um, real-time labs or Great Plains. So we can actually create some correlation now whereby if we're finding certain types of mycotoxins in their environment and they're in their system, now you can see that there's a correlation between potentially what's in their body versus what's going on within their environment. Awesome. So, yeah. And, and to me, it's really, really important to understand these data points because it really gives you as the doctor, as well as the patient, an understanding of not only what they're being exposed to, but to see if it has anything to do with the way that they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the other areas that is often, most often overlooked is actually bacteria. And when you think about the true primary colonizer in a water event, it's not mold, it's actually bacteria. Bacteria actually can grow within hours where mold can take upwards of 24 to 48 hours. And depending upon the category, there's different categories of water loss. You have category one, two, and three, which category one would be clean water, which I would argue there's no such thing as clean water. Category two would be gray, which carries various types of biologicals as well as contaminants that could actually be of a health consequence. And category three, which would be the worst kind, which would be maybe from a sewage loss, carries many different types of, of uh, contaminants and biologicals and, and so forth that can be of a severe health uh, consequence. So when you think about this, 
bacteria is really a colonizer that develops. And what we've learned is that there's different types of bacteria. For example, gram-negative bacteria, which would be something that you could find in a sewage loss or maybe even in rainwater uh, that uh, comes into your home, actually produces what we call an endotoxin. And what's really a concern is that when the water goes away, the bacteria starts to die off. But what happens then is that the bacteria starts to disintegrate. And as it disintegrates, it releases this endotoxin. Mm. And so what we're finding in a lot of my clients, when they have gut issues, a lot of times it may be more bacteria related as opposed to something to do with uh, the fungus or fungi. Wow. And, and then also you have what we call actinobacterium. Now, mm -hmm. actinomycetes is another sampling methodology that we use that actually tests for the uh, positive, it's gram-positive bacteria, right? And mm -hmm. so when you're dealing with gram-positive, the characteristics of these bacteria, very similar to mold, they can sporulate, they can actually put off MVOCs, which are like the musty odors. They can even produce... Uh, biotoxins, and they're very much uh, common in building-related illnesses. And the immune response that people would have with the exposure to this would be very similar to mold exposure. And so when you're dealing with various types of water issues or water damage issues, it's important to note that you're not just dealing with just mold or its toxins, you're dealing with a myriad of different types of, uh, of biologicals, such as bacteria and other types of contaminants that are created from it, that can really uh, create some major health issues. Mm -hmm. That's so fascinating. So let's say I do a test on a patient, I do their wheat zoomer, which checks gluten issues, it checks leaky gut, but it also checks an antibody for LPS. If, if it shows LPS is high, which is, is that endotoxin, could that potentially be coming from their house? Yeah. I, we, we've tested thousands of homes, right? Wow. And, and what we're finding is that uh, endotoxins are prevalent in water-damaged buildings. Um, the actinobacterium is uh, very much present in water-damaged buildings. And these are things that people are actually overlooking when they're actually trying to figure out what's going on within their home. So I would tell you that the information of gain, gaining knowledge of what's going on in your home from a bacteria perspective would be extremely important, especially for you as a doctor to be able to understand what's going on. And the actinomyces report, it's a great report because it actually is very easy to read. It gives you a very easy and understandable type of, of level of how to uh, determine whether your home is impacted. And it's like the ERMI report for bacteria. It goes into the detection of the various types of bacteria and species of bacteria, which I would imagine would be very, very helpful for you as a doctor to understand. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Let's talk about an attic and a crawl space. Have you talked about that? I have not, but I would tell you that those are really important to talk yeah. about. When you're dealing with uh, your attics or your, your crawl space, these are two things that, uh, again, people may not be paying quite a bit of attention to because 
it's underneath the house, if it's a crawl space or it's Would this be like a basement situation too? Yeah, basement okay. situation would be a level of something to look at. Mm-hmm. But here in California, we don't have a whole, you know, right. houses that have a whole lot of basements. But in the East Coast and Midwest area, we certainly have basements mm-hmm. out there and they're very much impacted. But what happens is, is that because of space, a lot of people end up putting their heating and air conditioning system in the attic or maybe sometimes even in the basement or in the um, the crawl space. Now, when you're dealing with a crawl space, you got to be really careful because if remember we talked about protecting the building envelope, making sure that water and moisture is actually being directed away from the building. Well, if you are actually in a situation where water can pull against the exterior walls and migrate underneath the home, that becomes problematic. And I will tell you that over and over again, and I've done thousands of investigations, crawl spaces are definite problems when it comes to grading issues and moisture infiltrating underneath the home. And so anything that's underneath the home in terms of uh, contaminants has the ability to make its way into the living space. They do that through normal air convection, as well as through what we call the stack effect. As heat rises, they bring up the air and it starts to infiltrate through various types of cracks and gaps and crevices throughout the home. And so now it's making its way into the living space. If you have your furnace or your heating and air conditioning system located in the crawl space, again, that's an area where now it's housed in an area that has the ability to be completely contaminated. And I will tell you many times when we go underneath and see these homes, it's very damp underneath there. And it's like a Petri dish. You can actually see some of the bacteria and mold that's growing on the dirt. Mm-hmm. So. This has the ability to actually infiltrate into your HVAC system. And then you also have many times the ductwork that's lined underneath the home as well. And that has leakage, meaning that it has the ability for airflow where it's located to be able to infiltrate inside the ductwork and then be distributed into your home. So when you have a problem in your basement or you have a problem in your crawl space and there's mold related issues but then you're also going to have a problem in your attic because everything starts to rise and make its way up throughout your home and up into the attic area so the attic becomes an area of uh, of issue in reference to normal air convection or the stack effect where it gets the air movement that's made up into there or if you had roof leaks, and these are very common uh, over the years, and people deal with those roof leaks, but they're not dealing with the areas of issues that had been uh, actually damaged through that uh, event. And so you have mold and other types of contaminants that are actually developed there as well. And so what happens is, is that you have a lot of entry points, meaning, for example, if you have various types of lighting, that uh, recess lights that are mm-hmm. in your home, they have gaps where oh. whatever up in the attic area can make its way into your living space. Wow. And, as you know, all homes are actually uh, pressurized and they have air movement. So when you right. open up the door, you know 
that there's air movement and so forth. And you, I'm sure you've had that time when you've opened up a window or a door and another door in your home just slams shut, right? Right, yep. <laughs> so that kind of gives you the, the understanding of the force and velocity of that airflow that can actually go through your home. So there's a lot of different ways that homes are pressurized, whether it be through wind hitting the building or whether it be various types of utilization of you opening and closing windows or even using the ventilation system, the heating and air conditioning system, all those create different types of pressure where movement of air starts to make its way throughout your home. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when I talk to people about dealing with their mold problems, it's not just about your living space. It's looking at your home from top to bottom. If you have issues in the crawl space or your basement, you have to take care of those issues. If issues in the uh, attic area, those have to be taken into consideration as well. And that's one of the things that we do. When we come in, we're looking at your home from a holistic perspective. And what we're doing is that we're identifying all these source areas and we're going to validate that through testing we're going to use the more progressive samples that we talked about, utilizing the ERMI and the mycotoxin and the endotoxin and the actinomycetes. And we're going to also look at your attic and we're going to look at your crawl space or basement area to make sure that there's no issues that are there. And then we'll put together a work plan that's going to be very comprehensive, show you all the areas of issues with pictures, what the results are from the accredited laboratory. And then we write you the work plan. We tell you what you need to do to actually correct the problem. And now you have a two-pronged type of document to help you with your home, but also to help you have data points, optics that you can share with your doctor so you can understand what's going on with your home to see if it has anything to do with the way that you're feeling. It's so interesting. And just to uh, continue to make it all about me, I got a lab test done to do my own mycotoxins. And I know I shared that with you. Let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah, so I had Stachybotrys come up and it should be below 6.9 and it was at 37.66. So it was off the charts. And I've tested a good amount of patients at this point now because I want to check everyone. (laughs) And I'm still the worst of everyone. Pretty wild. Well, Lauren, if I- These are the ones that showed up. These showed up in my house, but yeah. Right, no, they showed up in your house. That's what I was getting ready to tell Mm -hmm. you. They did show up in your home. So there's a correlation that's there, right? Yeah. And so, and by the way, you know, we haven't shared results with you for the the last time that we were in where you had your remediation contractor come in who said that your place was ready to be tested and that he felt that it was clean. (laughs) We found mold in all the areas that we tested. Mm. So as I was saying that when we did the uh, post-verification testing in your home, all these areas came back showing that there was mold whether it be in the air or whether it actually be on the surface. And this tells you that it's so critical to make sure that when you're doing remediation, that you're working with a company that really understands what they're doing. And there's a lot of different companies that are out there that will tell you, look, we've dealt with mold all the time, but you got to be very careful. And I use this term contractors mentality. And what I mean by that is, is that a lot of these guys, they come in, They want to do whatever they need to do and get done with it as quickly as possible and move on. Mm -hmm. And many times what they do is that they do work that's very insufficient 
And they may even not only miss areas, but they may even cover up areas mm. whereby uh, on a moving forward basis, you're going to still have an issue in terms of your, of your home being contaminated. So my point is, is that when you're talking with remediation contractors, do proper due diligence. And I think it's really key to ask them, have they, number one, do they have proper certification? Number two, have they dealt with a client that actually is hypersensitive, has underlying health issues? Have they been able to work with individuals such as that? And, you know, look at the protocol and the, and the work plan that they're doing to make sure that it is actually similar to what is being suggested and recommended in the report that you have from your inspection company. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then un- unequivocally, you're going to want to have it tested, but by a third party. And you right. have to be very, very careful about the way that they test. So, the, you know, the visual side of things is extremely important because when you're going into a remediation area that has been cleaned, right away, visibly, you, want, you don't want to see any kind of staining or mold-like substance or any dust or debris that's there. If you see that, automatically they failed, right? Because it shouldn't be anywhere near that, right? It should be the absence of any staining, mold staining, water staining, any of that, or even debris that's there. Then when you do samples, you want to make sure that you do air samples and surface samples. And what happens is, is that a lot of times these inspection companies that are testing come in and only do air samples. And you got to be very, very careful Mm -hmm. because you can get air samples, like I say, can give you a false sense of security. You, you need to make sure that you're sampling the substrate that they've cleaned to ensure that it's been properly dealt with and it's been properly removed. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that you want to keep in mind. Awesome. I love it. Well, for, just to wrap up, I want to ask uh, two more questions, maybe three. We'll see if we have time. So first thing, okay. I, for my listeners, I have doctors, I have medical students who listen, and I also have patients, I have general, general public, and I also have people who know nothing about these topics and they're just really starting from scratch. So, you know, it's a, it's a fun audience because we try to make things really easy to understand, but also kind of brainy enough, you know, for the, the brain candy, the doctors and stuff. Um, so for the doctors, what would be maybe three questions that we could ask patients in a history to, you know, be better at detecting if maybe they have had mold exposure that maybe aren't being asked? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. And uh, one of the questions that I would ask is, number one, has there been any kind of water events, any leaks or water intrusion issues at your home? That's a really important question. Okay. And so the other question that I would ask, what did you do about it? What was done? So was it basically just dried out its normal uh, method in terms of just air dry or did you have professional people come in mm-hmm. so that tells you right then and there that there could be some issues that could be residual in, in scope in terms of things that had not been properly taken care of okay the, the other thing where did the um, water loss come from did it come from for example a uh, pipe overflow could be sewage could be uh, a washing machine leak it could be a toilet overflow it could be rainwater that came in it could have been a flood 
all of those questions are important because it actually brings up the question of the potential of category of water loss, right? And you talked earlier that the category of water is really important. The, the higher degree, whether it be a two or a three, is going to tell you that there is the likelihood of certain contaminants and biologicals that are being carried within that uh, type of water event. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then, and then the other thing is, uh, when did your ailment start? Mm-hmm. Um, That's, I was going to add that in. I, that always is a, an indicator. Yeah, because it, it helps you uh, try to get a timeline in terms of the event versus when they're you know starting to have symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly, um, that's that's one of the things that I ask. The other happens to be: um, Are there certain areas of the home that you may be more symptomatic than others? Mm, and so, right. for example, like they may be in their bed. Sometimes people are sleeping. That could be a sign that their bed might be compromised from various types of things that have occurred in the home. They may say, you know what, when I turn on my heating and air conditioning system, I notice that um, I'm coughing more or I mm-hmm. get headaches or things of that sort. So, and then here's some other things that you may want to ask as well, is that do you see things that might be unusual, like um, any, any kind of water damage or any kind of musty odors? Has that been something that uh, you've uh, noticed in your home? Those would be mm-hmm. questions that I would ask. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even asking recurrent fungal issues or some of those other symptoms that I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode. One, one thing I felt like I was aging very quickly. That was just one like subjective thing that I noticed. I remember looking in the mirror and being like, God, I feel like I age like 10 years and five years. And it makes sense because, you know, the detoxification systems get overburdened and the mitochondria have a hard time keeping up. And it really does cause aging. So I was correct in my observation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I will tell you that, you know, when it comes to symptoms, everybody's going to react differently, as you know, right? Um, and what's really a very interesting thing, too, and this is one of the things that I want to bring up, because maybe some of the listeners that are going to hear this, they can relate to this. And what I'm going to tell you is, is that not everybody in the home or the building is going to feel symptomatic or, or even feel like they're compromised. Right. And, and so that really creates a lot of different types of problems when you're dealing with the individual themselves, because now it becomes psychological. Why is it that I'm feeling this way and everybody else is not actually feeling that way? And what I'm going to tell you is it's very common. What we find is that there may only be one person in the home And there's other people in there that may be fine. And the reason behind this is, is that everybody's built differently, right? So genetically, we're built differently, even though, you know, we're human beings, you're a woman, I'm a man, we're genetically differently built. Uh, You've had previous health uh, types of issues, as well as maybe even previous exposures. So all of those are going to actually make its way into the reason why certain people react and other people don't, right? Right. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. So I will, for you guys listening, I'll link a couple different episodes in the show notes. We interviewed Dr. Jill Krista from Break the Mold, and that was great from our clinical stuff with mold. And then we also had the healthy home expert on, um, which I know, you know, Marky had said before we recorded that she has a good reputation in this area as well. So you guys can listen to that kind of get some more tips there. So 
let's see, I just want to do, let's say the house is, you know that it's mold free and everything got dialed in, it's, it's a clean place. What would be a few tips just to prevent mold from overgrowing? I'm just mainly asking for me once I move into my house again. <laughs> yeah, well, let me just say this, there's no such thing as mold free. Okay. Mold is everywhere, right? Right, so, right. The idea is-, is And it's a good thing, right? Our bodies have, it's an ecosystem, but it's when right. it gets overgrown, yeah. That's right. So at the end of the day, you know, I tell people, unfortunately, we live in a society where, you know, we have all these contaminants that are there, right? So we live in a toxic world, if you want to put it that way. But it's the way that we actually create our environment to bring it to a level where it's going to be acceptable for us, right? And so ideally, what you really want to do is you really want to pay attention to any kind of moisture issues. Moisture is the, the leading cause of any problems that you would have when it comes to microbial, uh, microbial growth. So I, I would tell you that it's probably a good idea to have a maintenance schedule put together where you may have a plumber come in, take a look at all your different areas of where the plumbing may be throughout your home, have the um, HVAC contractor come in, take a look at the HVAC system, make sure that that's being uh, properly, uh, it's working properly. And then also the dust. We talk about dust. We talk about being able to limit the amount of dust. So making sure that you have some type of HEPA vacuum in there and doing some damp wiping and really trying to do a really good job of uh, removing the dust. And that would include moving your furniture away from the walls if, if they're not too heavy to be able to do that. I also tell people that it's really critical to, to really try to have your home in a way where you don't have a lot of clutter throughout your house, right? Clutter is really another source of, our, of it being an enemy because it actually helps collect a lot of dust. It helps actually restrict air circulation. So to the extent that you can try to minimize uh, the things throughout your home, be a minimalist, if you can, if I can use that term, and really try to do a good solid maintenance program in terms of checking out your um, plumbing, checking out your HVAC system, doing proper cleaning throughout your home, minimizing the things throughout your home in terms of contents that are there. Try not to store things too heavily in the garage or even in your closets. And then even bring in like air filtration units. Uh, those are very helpful tools to be able to use mm -hmm. as you um, go and- uh, Well, that was my last question actually. So you led me right to it. So what would be a filter that you would recommend for me to put in place once I move back in? Uh, you know what? There are a number of different ones that are out there on the market. I don't really, really recommend anyone in particular. We mm -hmm. do have a website. If you want to contact our office, talk to Corey about it. Um, we can actually give you a, a website that could actually uh, help uh, in reference to giving you some understanding of the various types of, of um, units that are out there, mm -hmm. air filtration units. I don't have that in front of me right now to, okay. to give it to you, but uh, my office number is 888-351-9565. And you can look us up on my website which can direct you to that as well, which is www.themoldguyinc.com. Those are ways that you can get some more information about uh, various steps to look for when it comes to finding mold, trying to maintain your home to have a better 
and hopefully acceptable, uh, healthy living environment, and then even uh, being able to be directed to air filtration units and so forth. Mm-hmm. Awesome. This is so good. So great. And I know you guys listening, you, you are not going to get this information anywhere, <laughs> um, especially you know, if this is a road you've been going down. It's so good to know this stuff and to educate people around you who might be dealing with a mold issue as well. So Mark, thank you. I know you have a uh, wild afternoon coming up. So I know you're very, very busy, but thank you for spending the time with us and taking the time to educate us on all of this. And yeah, looking Uh, forward to geeking out with you again soon. I would love to do it again. And there's so much information that we can share and, and some ways that we can help you help your patients. And I, again, I just want to thank you for the time and the opportunity to be able to be with you today. And again, thank you. Yeah, and, uh, thanks. It was fun. Best. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.